Welcome back to the Know Now podcast. My name is Brittany. And I'm Daniela, and we have a special guest on today's episode. David Torrance is a sports performance coach that seeks to educate, motivate, and inspire through the game of basketball. Sports have the power to inspire and unite people, and that is what capable fitness and performance is all about. So we'll get to hear David's story, his motivations, the work he's doing in the community, and then we'll delve a little deeper into current event issues relating to sports. So welcome on, David. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Of course. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, so my name is David Torrance. Um, I, originally, I graduated from the University of Central Florida in 2016. My bachelor's degree in sports and exercise science and a focus in human performance. Um, currently right now, I work part-time as a master trainer at 24-Hour Fitness doing personal training. Um, and prior to that, I was doing a physical therapy sports medicine rehab at Florida Hospital Lake Mary. So David, tell us a little bit more about Capable Fitness. Yeah, sure. Um, so Capable Fitness and Performance is a business I started about three months ago. Um, it's geared towards um, engaging um, student athletes and making them more stronger, faster, more explosive. Um, but more importantly, um, educating them and showing them that basketball is a tool. Um, and it could be used in whichever facet they choose to use it in. Um, so Cable Fitness started, um, backtrack a little bit. Um, I played basketball growing up um, all my life. It was my basketball was my safe haven. And um, you know, I spent a lot of time playing and perfecting my craft and you know my goal was to go to the NBA like a lot of like a lot of kids. But unfortunately, um, at the age of sixteen, I was diagnosed with an abnormal coronary artery and I had open heart surgery, which um, allowed me not to play collegiate basketball. I lost my college scholarship because of that. Um, but after that, um, through that experience, you know, I told myself I was going to be a part of the game without playing the game. And that right there is what um, I'm also trying to give to my athletes, have them understand that you don't have to be in the NBA to be a part of the game of basketball, that you can still love basketball, but redirect your energy into a more realistic career and get uh, re- redirect that energy into a more realistic goal or career um, if it doesn't work out going to the NBA. Yeah, that's really awesome. I I love that. What um so let's talk about like the workshops that you do and kind of like shout out what you've got coming up um in August in terms of giving back to your community. Okay, so um every month I do a hoop camp, a basketball camp for the kids in North Lada where I'm from. Um and the hoop camp is like a three hour comprehensive session that focuses on dribbling, shooting, um athleticism, um, and, and performance in terms of basketball. Um, I do that every month. And then in August, I have a back-to-school blessing, which is basically um, a backpack-and-school supply giveaway. So my goal is to give 100 kids um, backpacks and school supplies for the upcoming school year. Um, and that's something I'm doing solely through my business. Um, I just – I'm getting book bags don- – I'm trying to get book bags donated right now. And uh, I'm starting a GoFundMe, GoFundMe link to raise $1,000 for the school supplies. Um, so that's what I have coming up in August. So what motivates you to give back to the community? Um, well, I'm from North Lauderdale. Um, this is where I was raised. Um, I went to the local middle school and elementary school. And unfortunately, there aren't many resources available in North Lauderdale for the youth. And there's nothing that Unfortunately, right now, there's nothing that the city is doing to consistently engage the youth. 
Um, for example, the middle school I went to, Silver Lakes Middle, they have uh, one, two, three, four, four. They have six basketball courts. Well, used to have six basketball courts. They took down all the backboards um, at that court. Um, so, like, you know, there there is once again a, not an opportunity for kids, an outlet for them to play or to do anything. Um, so, you know, what are they left with? And North Lido already has a high crime rate um, in certain areas. Um, and unfortunately, in that area where the basketball courts is, the crime rate is actually one of the highest uh, in that area. So, you know, me coming in and me being from North Lido and having the opportunity to get out and get an education, um, I feel like it would be a disservice for me not to come back and give something um, to the youth because um, growing up, that was given to me. I grew up at the local Boys and Girls Club. I had a mentor by the name of Kobe King who taught me basketball, who kept me off of the streets, who kept me engaged with the sport. Um, and because of that, I think that's why I am the way I am today because of him mentoring me and him giving me not only basketball skills, but life skills. So that's kind of what I'm looking to come and give back, you know, give what was given to me. So I just want to clarify, um, North Lauderdale, is that like the Tamarack area? So North Lauderdale is between Tamarack and Margate. Okay, got it. But you're open to having kids from different areas of South Florida, right? Yeah, so um, all kids, some kids from Tamarack and Margate are welcome to come to the hoop camp. Um, but since uh, North Lado is where I'm from and that's the area I live in, I actually live in, uh, you know, I focus on that the most. Um, but it is open to other kids from other surrounding cities to come, of course. David, how important do you think um, it is for young, young community members to get active in sports? Um, I think it's very important um, for a couple of reasons. Um, it, it provides, number one, an opportunity for them to express themselves, right? Um, from a health standpoint, so it keeps them moving, keeps them active, right? It's 2018. We know technology kind of runs the world now. And with that being said, you know, video games is a really big part of the, the social life um, of kids. Um, so ha- ha- allowing them to get up and move and do something, you know, as a fitness professional, I understand the importance of that. But um, from an even deeper standpoint, allowing kids to start sport at a young age, um, it teaches them discipline. It teaches them a lot of life skills that we, that myself, and I'm sure you guys use yourself, hard work, dedication, teamwork, knowing how to deal with different personalities. Um, These are all, these are all skills that translate to real life. Um, So it's, it's actually very important. I think that we allow the space and opportunity I'm not forcing them, but the opportunity to engage in a sport is preferably something they like. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about how kids can get enrolled in the program and just a little bit more detail on what it looks like and how many people are there guiding these students? Oh, yeah. So the way they can sign up, uh, so every every month before I do the, like two, three weeks before I do the hoop camp, um, I make an event bright. Um, I go to the local middle schools, elementaries, and high schools and talk to athletic directors and give them flyers to get to the students. Um, for example, there's a local school called Somerset, um, which is an elementary, middle, and high school. I did a I did two training sessions for free with their basketball players as a way to, you know, let them know who I am, show them what I can do, and uh, you know, inviting them out to the hoop camp. Um, so, and also, like I said, I'm from 
the local middle school and elementary school. So there are a lot of familiar faces there who still know me um, after all these years. Um, so they allow me to speak with the athletes and um, let them know what I'm doing. And also the one big source, my dad, actually, my dad is a UPS driver and everyone in North Lado knows him. So he's actually like a big help to him. I can't forget to plug my dad in. <laughs> um, what's the cost to attend your sessions? So the first hoop camp was $5. Um, and that's very, very cheap for a five hour, for a three hour event. <laughs> um, and it was only $5 because it's just something just to get started. It's just when I first started the business and I just wanted to get as many people out as possible. Um, but now I've raised the cost. Um, it's $20 per kid. Um, and it's not just they're coming like the first camp. They're just not coming to get trained. So this time they get a shirt. They get one of my Capable Fitness Performance shirts. They get a KP Skills card. Um, a KP Skills card is something new I've started. So it's a little bit bigger than the basketball card, um, and it has drills for them to take home to do. That way they're having something tangible they can leave with. Not only that, when they're not at the camp, they have something they can work on. And each camp is going to be a different one. So this first one is dribbling. The next one will be shooting. And my goal is for them to collect these cards. So every time they go out to the basketball court and they're ready to train and do something, they're not just doing anything and hoping it works. They have a little bit more structure to it. Um, so that's the goal with the KP skills card. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what's included. And it's only $20. $20 for a three-hour session is pretty good. I know babysitters charge a lot more than $20 to watch somebody for three hours. You know, um, so that's pretty that's pretty much what the cost is. I think that's just so powerful and I just want that to be like out there. No, thank you. Um, I appreciate that. I mean, a lot of times I really I don't even to myself, I don't realize the impact I'm really making um until like hindsight, until after the fact. Um, you know, a lot of the kids that come to the hoop camp, even when I did the free sessions that like they I'm so young, I'm only twenty four. You know, for them to see someone like me, um, you know, engage them in the way that I'm able to, because I'm a pretty, I'm a, I'm pretty, I'm a good people person. That's always been a skill I've had. I've always been good with talking to people, um, and they're so, they're like, they're so engaged. Everywhere I say, they're holding on to it. You know what I mean? I think a lot. I think a lot of them see see themselves in me because I'm a black man. I'm young, and I love basketball just like they do, and I'm passionate about it. Um, and educated. Yeah, exactly. And um, like I said, North Lado isn't one of the best one of the best cities. So a lot, of, I know a lot of these young men, unfortunately, may not have their fathers in their lives. That's just a reality. Um, so you know, me coming in and being able to possibly be a mentor to them, or if not, just be a positive influence, letting them know that hey, you can't go to college. Hey, you can still play basketball every day. Hey, you can you can still do what you want to do. You know, it's just a way you have to go about it. Yeah, definitely. Just to piggyback off of um, how you mentioned that the area where you're doing these sessions are is a little bit under-resourced. Is there a way for community members to sponsor a kid? Um, yes, um, there is. Um, I do know that my mentor, actually, who I spoke of earlier, Kobe King, he's sponsoring two players to come to the uh, camp. Um, yeah, there, there's definitely um, – that's definitely open. Actually, my goal is for the camp – to eventually be free. Um, I'm in a, I'm right now, I'm speaking with the city and one of the commissioners trying to implement my monthly hoop camp into what the city does um, so that we can 
allow these kids to come in for free and gain experience um, and learn and be consistently engaged. And that's the thing. I know the surrounding cities, Tar- uh, uh, Tamarack, Margate, Coral Springs, they always have events going on consistently engaging their youth. Um, right now, North Lila doesn't have anything like that that's consistently engaging them in terms of sports. They have things that they do um, annually. Um, like, for example, they have their summer basketball league that they do. Um, but, you know, even that right there isn't isn't the greatest because they have volunteers coming in. It's very, I want to say, I don't want to say hand-me-down, but it's not of the quality I think it should be. So hopefully they allow me to come in and get some more quality and resources and knowledge to it because basketball, teaching basketball is not as simple as people think it is. And especially with me, because I have such a high education, I'm very science-based with how I train. Ooh, what does um, that mean? Have... So, you know, for example, when you think about dribbling a ball, right, dribbling ball up the court or going to score a goal, it's not about just, you know, running up the court. It's about acceleration, right? This is a, a science-based term, acceleration, deacceleration. You know, so knowing how to implement these these terms is very important in basketball. For example, I do a drill with tennis balls. I they have they stand the, the athlete will stand in front of me. I hold two balls out to the side. I'm gonna drop one ball. They have to react to that, catch that ball, and I'm gonna throw the ball in the other direction. They have to catch that ball. So what I'm doing is I'm teaching their neuro, their neuromuscular system to absorb force and to reexert force. Right? These are all science terms that we use. So yes, that's how I train. I try to use science and proven science in my training to back up what I do. Wow, that's really awesome. So I just want to backtrack a little bit. Um, I know your inspiration really came because you found a mentor early on in your life. Mm -hmm. Can you just touch a little bit on what your life was like before that and how you got involved with the Boys and Girls Club and how that mentorship has really carried you on? Yeah, so... Prior to me going to the Boys and Girls Club, I got introduced to basketball because of my cousin. He taught my, after my fifth grade, after fifth grade, going to a summer, my cousin taught me how to play basketball. Ever since that day, I literally became hooked. I practiced every day from sunup to sundown. Um, and that's not me exaggerating at all. Um, and that whole summer, I made, the, I was one of two people to make the basketball team that year as a sixth grader. Because in my middle school, that wasn't the thing. You didn't make the basketball team as a sixth grader. Usually had to wait to seventh or eighth grade. But me and one of my good friends at the time who I grew up with, we made the basketball team my sixth grade year. And um, he went to the Boys and Girls Club, and I followed him there. Um, And that was my introduction to the Boys and Girls Club. And, um, you know, going to the Boys and Girls Club, it was kind of a culture. It wasn't really a culture shock, but – it was a lot of different personalities I had to deal with, right? This kind of going into me developing that and it turned me using it in real life. Um, so I met Kobe King. He was the the strength coach upstairs where the weight room was. Um, and he kicked me out actually the first two times I tried to go up there because I was underage. You had to be 13. Um, and I wasn't 13. I was 12. Um, but eventually I kept trying to go up there and he eventually let me come up. And uh, after that, same thing like basketball. I, I, I was up there every day working with him, you know, uh, trying to improve my game, trying to become a better athlete. Um, so, yeah. Let's talk about like student athletes real quick um, and that dynamic. And mm-hmm. 
I know there's like a lot of controversy and a lot of like also like thought or thinking going around that often even at a high school level when um, kids are playing sports that they're kind of given a free pass to certain classes or to miss this assignment and do this. What are your like feelings about that type of culture when we talk about student athletes? So when we talk about that, I think we're 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 shying away from the student and focus more on the athlete. And I think we're a lot we're allowing student athletes to have a privilege that they shouldn't have. Because now now there's a misconception in their mind that that school isn't just as important as basketball or soccer or football, whatever sport it may be that the athlete plays. Um, and that's not okay <laughs> because their mind is actually going to last longer than their body would. So we want their focus to be on both, um, definitely both. So I'm not an advocate of you know basketball players skipping out on class and things of that sort because we're, we're, we're stunting their growth. Um, because it's gonna kick, it's gonna bite them in the butt as they get older if they don't know how to do simple things or no simple concepts that apply to real life. Because if they do, let's say they do go on to play professional, they gotta learn how to count that money, right? Yeah. So we definitely want them going to class. Mm. Um, interesting perspective. I usually feel like people are like, I don't know, um, giving the athlete part more excuses than normal you know like they're okay with it or that they're fighting for they just tend to justify that the student is more of an athlete than an actual student and i really like your perspective on it yeah yeah unfortunately that is something that exists and you know i'm, a, I'm not gonna lie, i'm a product of it i've been plenty of times when i was in high school you know my basketball coach got me out of class you mm-hmm. know but, you know, I, but in looking back, I know that wasn't the best thing for me. But good thing that I had to get ahead of my shoulders. I still had a great GPA and I still stayed focused on school because my parents instilled those values in me. Right. And do you think that it's like the responsibility of the coaches to kind of like help instill that? Or do you think that that's something that should be only, like, should the two be separate? It takes a village to, you know, raise a kid. So I think it's not only the parents or the students' responsibility. I think anyone who enters a space where they can, you know, let someone know something that's correct, you know, such as going to class and the importance of school, I think is definitely an opportunity that needs to be taken um, seriously and used um, properly to let these students know that, you know, hey, class is important, school is important, that you shouldn't, you know, put it to the wayside. When it comes to college level sports and um, students and athletes in that aspect, um, what are some of your thoughts on how like that type of dynamic and whether it's still excusable or not? Do you still feel the same? So that's a bit controversial topic right now, actually, with when it comes to collegiate athletes. So um, the big thing right now that's been going on for the past few years is like the one and done. What does that mean? That's when you graduate high school, you go to college for one year, only one year, and you declare for the NBA draft. Um, and the reason that is because you have to do one year of college or um, like international league to be, to be considered uh, eligible to enter the draft. Um, if not, then you're still um, – what is the term? You're still, you're like your professional. It's like a professional clause. Um, but back to the, the question, like colleges are really 
in my opinion, really milking the system and taking advantage of these athletes because these institutions make millions, I mean millions of dollars off of these athletes and their players and their talent and gives none of that money back to them. Um, not only that, these athletes, they're not allowed to get jobs. You know, they're, they're, basically, they're basically slaves to the institution because they can't, they can't do anything but go to practice because they, they don't have time to get any other job and they can't accept money from endorsements or anything like that. So it's really, it's really messed up, and that's a big thing going on because the NCAA is looking to change their rules around that. And even the NBA is actually looking to change their rules about um, forcing players to go to college for one year. So they may go back to how it used to be. For example, LeBron James, that's a big household name. People know LeBron James never went to college. He went straight from high school to the NBA. So they may be implementing that rollback to where high school players can declare for the NBA draft straight out of high school. And that would be a big, actually, that would be a big um, thing because that will really uh, put the NCAA in a tough pickle because now they won't be having as much traffic coming into these institutions because these players now will be eligible to go straight to the NBA from high school. Mm. So what, what would you think would be a solution or a result to giving student-athletes salaries? I don't really know if I have a solution for it, to be honest with you. Um, I think that's something that we have to let time uh, tell us, you know, how beneficial it would be. Or if should something, ex- something else exist as an intermediary before these athletes go to the NBA. Um, you know, they do have the EuroLeague that a lot of players do. They'll go overseas and play for a year. Um, that way they can get paid, right, for their, for, for their time and their talents. Um, so I'm not sure if I have an opinion on what the solution is, to be honest with you. Like, how could we create a system that respects the student at a college, like the student athlete at a college level, but also doesn't necessarily, like, like what's an equal system look like? I would not even, I couldn't even imagine that. I don't know what the equal system would look like, but I think it would be, there would definitely have to be some changes to certain rules. Like, I think, like, the players not being able to, you know, have any, like, or it could be, honestly, they can just treat it like the NBA a little bit, you know, give them a smaller percentage of what they make off the, off the student, off the athletes, you know, you know, you sell the jersey for 20 bucks, they get a percent of that, you know what I mean? And each athlete gets a percentage of whatever, whatever they sell. I mean, I feel like that's that's a, that's a, that's like that's an easy way, and that way, like I say, you give them a small percentage. That way, it's not on the same level as the NBA, because then if we allow them to get the millions that they're actually bringing in, then there's no difference between college and NBA now. Yeah, right. It's just the collegiate and pro. That's the only thing that would separate the two, because the money opportunity would be the same if we allow players to get paid that much. Mm, that's a good point. College. I didn't even think about that. Um. So just deviating a little bit from this topic. Um, in 2017, we really saw athletes becoming activists and they used their platform for social justice. What, what's your perspective on that? Because I know a lot of sports fans were very hesitant about athletes using their platform. Um, and then others were all for it, but what's your perspective since you're so involved in, in sports? Um, I think it is very powerful and I'm an advocate for it. Um, and that's... And so um, a lot of people have this. So this is a big thing in basketball. Who's better, Michael Jordan or LeBron James? It's like always the topic of discussion. And um, a lot of people will say Michael Jordan is a better player 
But honestly, LeBron James is a better person than Michael Jordan is because Michael Jordan never spoke out about issues, never took the opportunity to use his platform. And I actually do respect LeBron James for allowing him for using his platform, you know, and it's very powerful. And we can use Colin Kaepernick, for example. He's a part of my fraternity. Um, he's used his platform on a major level. He's basically the sacrificial goat, you know, for right. for a lot of for a lot of things that are going on right now. Um, and you know, I commend these athletes for using their platform because I think it's long overdue. Yeah. It's long overdue. And I, I told a friend this, I said, do you know what would happen if LeBron James said I will not play another basketball game until the prison industrial complex is changed? You know what that would do? LeBron James will literally will literally break break the internet and break break the market. I'm serious because like the amount of revenue he actually brings in is actually crazy. Um, if you look at like how much he's actually worth and how he circulates money in terms of TV, the NBA, NBA, you got to remember, is a very large institution, right? A very very large institution. Um, and as him being the face of the league and the best basketball player in the world that plays right now, um, it'd be very powerful. So that's just a idea of how powerful it could be. So think about if all play, all NBA players said they're going to stop playing basketball or all black, black athletes said they're not going to play any more sports or be on TV doing anything until there's changes made to certain things. There would be major reform. There would be the, the, the economy, not the economy, the U.S. will be forced to make changes because the only way, unfortunately, you can make changes, it has to be to money, the pockets. Once you affect dollars, then you know you people have to pay attention to you. Um, and since NBA players make a lot of money, right? We're talking about dollars. It's only right that I think they use their platform for the greater good to you know to not continue to allow oppression to take place. Mm-hmm. So I know one of the big controversies and something that number forty-five tweeted is that the NFL has decided that it will not force players to stand for the playing of our national anthem. Total disrespect for our great country. Um, not that I'm endorsing this man's tweets ever, uh, but I know a big thing for people was that I think the issue wasn't that they were using their platform for activism, but the way they were doing it and that it was disrespectful to our nation and, you know, the whole ordeal. Do you think there could have been a better way to do it or do you think that the way they did it was appropriate? So name, I, I can't name, I can't think of a protest that was ever nice, that ever worked. Right, because the revolution is not peaceful. Let's- that doesn't exist. Okay. That doesn't exist. There's no, there's no such thing as peaceful protest. Peaceful protest isn't protest. Disrupting the peace is yeah, not peaceful. You have, you, have to be, you have to be controversial. I, I think what was being done is, is, is very necessary um, and very appropriate. I will say, though, that um, sometimes I look at, like, the national protests and um, athletes standing up as a way that these uh, team, like, the owners of the teams or, um, like, the big guys upstairs to kind of seem like uh, or to, like, piggyback on, like, the movement and whitewash it and also um, kind of get really political with it in their own way versus the way that it needs to be political. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, like, because when Colin Kaepernick started taking the knee and then Trump said, um, said something about it, 
then the other head like officials of um, teams started taking a knee too to kind of say like fuck you to to Trump and I I kind of understood it as like they have some like like economic beef and like some history there so like of course they're gonna take a stand only when it's benefiting them and their voice but they wouldn't take the knee when Colin was taking the knee and they won't hire Colin um, on their team because it's like a liability right and so I although I am like very grateful of athletes that do take and risk their jobs and their careers to take a stand against big issues it's also kind of like what really is the motive and is anyone behind them saying oh yeah you can take the knee this time because we're gonna make a political like statement together you know yeah well hasn't the didn't the the nba make a statement that it's against league policy to protest the anthem the nba and the nba no they didn't i don't believe they did not that i know of but the nba you gotta understand the nba is so progressive the NBA is the most one of the most progressive leagues out of, especially compared to the NFL. I mean, in terms of politics, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, do not the Eric Gardner when, when that happened. The whole Miami Heat team had, you know, I can't breathe shirts. So I mean, there the NBA has been very, very progressive in terms of allowing players to express themselves when, term, when it comes to um, issues that are going on. Very, very. I mean, that that's a, at the ESPYS when Chris Paul. LeBron James and Dwayne Wade made that whole speech. I mean that that was a big thing. So um, the NBA is very progressive when it comes to that, and I and that's okay. I'm just I'm gonna pull a quote. Um, in the NBA, players mostly avoided any pregame displays of protest, but they still made their voices heard. From the top down, the league has made a concerted effort to play an active role in advocating for social justice. Commissioner Adam Silver has differentiated himself from many of his peers in his openness and support for his players' political points of view. Still, Silver has made it clear that protesting the anthem is against league policy, as no player has protested in that way this season. It's not known what punishment the league could impose. Yeah. So there we go. So I guess I guess they did. Um, but like you said, I don't see anyone in the NBA having to feel like they they would have to pull that card, right? Because the NBA is so progressive in terms of allowing them to express themselves. I don't think anyone would feel like that way of expression will be a, will be necessary to get attention because they wouldn't need to do that to get attention, right? It's not they're not, they're not yeah, exactly they already they already have the space and the opportunity to allow their voice to be heard. Yeah, I mean, and kind of to go back, I mean, I I never forget. I had an argument with a coworker in regards to the Colin Kaepernick situation, and she was just saying how it was very disrespectful, you know, this, that, and the third. And I was like, well, have you actually read all the words to the national anthem? Do you know who wrote the national anthem? You know, the national anthem was written by a racist man, a slave owner, and the national anthem is celebrating, 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 you know, the enslavement of black people. If you read the whole thing, the clause that they took out, it's, it's, it's celebrating it. You know what I mean? So, like, you expect black people to stand up that for an anthem that was written by a slave owner that's celebrating the enslavement of their ancestors. That's that. Now, that sounds disrespectful to me, if we're, if we're being completely honest. I mean, that's like my same argument when I talk about anything referring to the Constitution. I'm just like, why are we even... You know, like, wh- why is it that we are even entertaining things that were written more than 20 years ago? Questions that need answers, but that's just me. 
I agree with both of you, but I want to just take a little moment. Um, we've been talking about the NBA and we talk about the NFL, but I want to point out, I'm also quoting again, um, that female professional basketball players have long been the unsung heroes of the activist movement in sports, but unfortunately, they don't receive anywhere near uh, the level of media attention that men teams uh, have. So I just want to point out that the WNBA has always uh use its platform for activism and social justice. Yes, and uh, that's actually a big problem as well, that the fact that WNBA players are grossly underpaid compared to male NBA players. Um, that's, that's something that needs to be changed as well. Needs to be changed everywhere. Yes, a thousand percent. I just want to take this moment to shout out Cheryl Swoops. Um, she's a really popular WNBA superstar. I don't know if you know who that is. She's also was MVP of the WNBA league and an Olympic gold medalist. Wow. Okay. Shout out to her. Is this something, the whole, you know, using a platform for social justice? I mean, not just for celebrity athletes, but even just athletes in general, because they have such, such a grip. I mean, even in high school, I was talking to Brittany before we started recording. Um, I went to a private high school in Fort Lauderdale and Many of our athletes, particularly football players, were recruited out of state and given scholarships and thrown a bunch of money. And they really had a stay in what they could and could not do. I mean, they were the only ones in the school who could have visible tattoos. They could have long hair. They could have their ears pierced. And no one would say anything, whereas a non-athlete, for example, my husband, would have immediately been sent home for something like that. Um, are you? Is that something that you're teaching your kids uh, or something that you hope to teach your kids? When I say your kids, I mean like your student athletes um, to use their platform and to use their leverage because they have such a huge leverage. When you say use their platform, use their platform in regards to what you mean, take advantage of like, you know, being able to, you know, do stuff like that. Like that you're saying that. that no, I, for, for social good. Oh, for social. Yeah. Um, I mean, so this is this that's a whole a part of you know them understanding that basketball is a tool, um and and I and I want them to understand that they need to milk it and take advantage of it, um because that's I believe that's part of why it's there. Um, so having them understand that you know through basketball that this is just a, a, your opportunity to go to college, and when you go to college, you get an education. And once you're done getting education, coming back. Because everything we do is political, right? Even the fact that I'm a black man that grew up in an under-resourced community that went to college and I'm coming back, that whole, that whole sentence right there is political. So by them having that understanding that I can use basketball, I can use school and college as a way to get what I want, come back to my community, make a living and make an impact, yeah, that's definitely a part of what I'm trying to get them to understand and implement in their lives. Awesome. I feel like that's important. I feel like it's not taught enough or at all, really. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's taught really that much either, to be honest with you. And, you know, unfortunately, and the thing is, the, re- the reason that is because people focus on them, focus on making great basketball players and not great people. Ooh, that's powerful. That, I love that, that. that. That's a problem. That should be that should be your capable fitness motto. So, um, David, I know you are starting this fundraiser for August for Back to School Backpacks. Is there anything else that's in the works? 
Yeah, um, I actually am starting up a scholarship um, for a student athlete that lives in Broward County. Um, and that's something I want to do because I remember when I was graduating from high school, there were only so many like scholarships for student athletes. And um, also just allowing uh, you know, a student who's really pushing themselves in terms of academics, right? We talked about not only being a good player, but being a good person and being a good student is another, you know, part of that that uh, pie. So, you know, the scholarship is going to have a high GPA requirement, um, like a 3.0, 3.2, and I think like the average, like a 3.7 for, for athletes. So I'm really setting the standard high um, because I think players who are good basketball players and striving well in the classroom deserve, you know, a scholarship for something like this because a lot of times – um, it's either merit um, that you get it or it's like your level of play. It's never really like both. So I'm looking for the athlete that encompasses both because it's kind of how I was in high school. Um, and a lot of times, ironically, this is really weird, but the players who are the best are sometimes the kids who are, have the lowest economic, uh, socioeconomic status, which is really weird if you think about it. But um, yeah. So how can how are you going to make the decision as to what what child gets this scholarship or how can they apply? Yeah, so um, I'm partnering up with a gentleman, um, and we're gonna we're gonna sit down and set the requirements, but it's gonna be an application process. Um, so I'll be going to um, all the local high schools, um, and I have I have pre I have resources at the high schools um, through my god sister my fraternity. Um, I know certain fraternity members, they work at certain high schools that I'm connected with. Um, so that's how I plan on getting the word out easier. I'm just using the resources I have available. Um, so, you know, creating the application and coming up with the credentials um, is in the works. Thank you so much, David, for coming on. It's been such a pleasure listening to your, per- to your perspective and also to all the great work that you're doing in your hometown. And I'm so happy to call you a friend. So thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Um, for those of you who are interested in following um, his Instagram account, it's Capable Fitness with a K. And the email is capablefitness at gmail.com. We'll be linking all the information down below. And if you're interested in donating, which would be absolutely incredible, um, we will also uh, give you the opportunity to do that and the sign-up link uh, to join his sessions. Um, But thanks so much. Be sure to leave us a review if you enjoyed the episode. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and feel free to send us an email at knownowpodcast. Thanks so much.